This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and Clark Judge. Talk of Fame Network is sponsored by GEICO. Where just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to GEICO.com. And you know something? You probably should have gone 15 minutes ago. We're hearing that Todd Rundgren song makes me realize that the Packers must have just scored again. And no need to introduce our next guest from Green Bay. Most football fans know that Aaron Rodgers is pro football's all-time leading passer, the only quarterback in history with an efficiency rating over 100. He, of course, has been a Super Bowl champion, a Super Bowl MVP, a two-time NFL MVP, been voted to six Pro Bowls and won two NFL passing titles. And he's still only 33, so he's not even close to completing his Hall of Fame resume. Better yet, he's here to talk about it. Aaron, thanks so much for joining us. You bet, guys. Thanks for having me on. Clark mentioned that you're the NFL's all-time leading passer with an efficiency rating of 104.1. I asked John Elway once if he could explain the NFL's formula for computing a passer's efficiency rating. He said he had no clue. So I'll ask you, how does the NFL figure out passer efficiency ratings? I'm not sure how the the numbers get crunched, but I do know that the the categories are a combination of... uh, Completion percentage, touchdown percentage, interception percentage, and yards per attempt, I believe. Which one's your favorite? Touchdowns, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Marino told us the same thing one day. Obviously, the Packers made you a first-round pick in 2005, but you sat for three years behind Brett Favre before you took over in 2008. I'm wondering, in what ways did, if any, did watching those three seasons benefit you and in your overall development as a quarterback? Well, for me, that was the most important thing. I think, and I said it recently, the, the quarterbacks in uh, in 2017 uh, are a lot more ready to play than, uh, you know, say the three first-rounders from 2005, Alex Smith, myself, and Jason Campbell. I just think uh, the coaching has gotten better at all the levels. I think uh, quarterbacks are asked to do more uh, in high school and in college. I think the spread offense has, has helped some of the younger uh especially in the younger levels, high school and college. Quarterbacks happen to make uh, quicker decisions, uh, protection adjustments. Those are just things that uh, weren't as common, I think, uh, 12, 13 years ago. Uh, so for me, it was, it was crucial. The other thing that was really important for me was the off-season program. And they made changes to it now. And they re, uh, re-bargained the, uh, the CBA. Uh, but we used to show up in the middle of March, and we had long days of crawling through the playbook before – the veterans would show up usually for OTAs in the end of May. So we had a good two, two and a half months of learning the offense, becoming an expert of the offense. And then more importantly, I think for a quarterback, is learning defenses. Because when you can understand defenses, then it really allows you to react. And that's a quarterback's, uh, one of the most important qualities that a quarterback can have is quick reaction. Being able to see things in real time and make uh, the proper reaction or adjustment or audible based on your preparation or your experience. We're speaking with Green Bay quarterback Aaron Rodgers on the Talk of Fame Network, and you can find us on the web at talkoffamenetwork.com or on Twitter at talkoffamenet. And Aaron, since uh, Ron asked you that question about sitting behind Brett Favre, uh, I remember passing through your camp in 2008, and that was your first season as a starter, replacing Brett. And, and I also remember thinking, that's a tough spot to be in. I mean, following someone as successful and popular as Brett Favre, how did that experience help to toughen you up as a quarterback if it did? Yeah, it definitely was, 
it was a tough transition for everybody involved. Uh, myself, uh, Brett, the fans, the organization, uh, teammates, because we're going from uh, you know an iconic player to you know still definitely an unknown. At that time, I played really in three significant games, two of them not being great in 2005 and 2006, and in 2007 playing uh, pretty well against Dallas in a marquee matchup when Brett got hurt. So they didn't really know other than preseasons, you know, what they were expecting. And then also, you know, there's a there's a love affair with the uh, nostalgia at times, you know, the, the good old times with uh, whatever, you know, in whatever way that uh, that affects you. But uh, you have an iconic player like that play for so long, we'll move on, trade it to the Jets. It was tough for everybody uh, involved. I was kind of caught in the, in the crosshairs between uh, people angry with the team uh, angry with Ted Thompson, or angry uh, with Brad that he came back, or whatever it might have been. But uh, for me, it was an important time to really just kind of watch and listen and uh, be myself and try and be the best leader I could be and trust that, uh, you know, that the preparation I put in was going to be important to me having success. And trusting my teammates and building that chemistry with them as well would help the transition go a lot better because as much as there was a lot of noise outside of the building, you know, and it's hard to block out, the most important opinions are your teammates and your coaching staff and your organization. And I think they saw as I progressed in 2006 and 2007 that there was potential, but nobody really knew until, you know, the season started and my career got going uh, what they had. But uh, I'm glad they had confidence in me and, I'm also glad everything, you know, we've really been able to reconnect. Brett and I reconnected at the uh, ESPYs a few years ago, which was great. Obviously, we retired his number here. We, you know, went in the Hall of Fame last year. It was fun to be there for that. And uh, I think uh, definitely there's been some great healing, uh, which there should have been, because Brett is and always will be, you know, an iconic, uh, iconic uh, player for this organization. Aaron, several years ago on a tour of NFL training camps, I asked all these football experts, what's the most important trait in a quarterback? John Gruden said passion. Roger Staubach said mental toughness. Tom Brady said leadership. Bill Walsh said football instincts. instincts, And Brett Favre, not surprisingly, said arm. It's your turn. What's the most important trait in a quarterback? Uh, I think it's a combination of mental toughness and confidence. You kind of go hand in hand, but uh, you have to be extremely mentally tough with uh, all the adversity and the expectations and the many hats you have to wear uh, as a leader, but uh, going hand in hand with that is the confidence. You have to be extremely confident in your abilities and show confidence in your teammates. And that's the great players are able to raise the level of their teammates' game, uh, and a lot of it is based on showing them how much you believe in them. Because when a guy believes in himself, uh, you can take your game to a different level, personally, and, and when you're showing your teammates that confidence. So I think it's, you know, it's that confidence and that, uh, being mentally tough to deal with adversity and expectations and leadership responsibilities and and, uh, and adversity, you know, really, really well. You're, in, in that regard, uh, Aaron, one of the things that, that struck me at the time when you gave the famous relax, uh, you know, quote to the fans and so forth, were you as relaxed as you appeared to be, or, or did you have to, to some degree, put on, I don't know if a face is the right thing, but, you know, I was just, I always wondered at the time, is he really that relaxed? Because everybody else was losing their mind. I was, for sure. I think most people know me. Uh, <clears throat> I'm a pretty laid-back guy, and I 
definitely enjoyed my relaxation uh, time when I get it. I think it was a reminder when when I've said things like that in the past. It's not contrived. I mean, it's it's authentic in the moment, but often it can serve many purposes. Hopefully, uh, I think it did. I mean, our fans, but maybe more importantly, my teammates. That hey, it is a long season, and we are going to figure this thing out. And it's going to start now. When I said run the table last year, I definitely believed it 100%. But I also knew what I was doing. I was putting extra pressure on myself, and I've always enjoyed, you know, putting pressure on myself and and uh, trying to prove to myself that I can get the job done. And I was hoping it would take some pressure off the other guys that uh, I knew it starts with me. I got to play better. But when I do this thing's going to get going in the right direction because we're all going to raise our level of play at the same time. But, uh, but i got to look in the mirror and i got to play better first. But if we do, we can get this thing done. So I think that's a situation where you have to sometimes exude that confidence where even your own teammates might not think there should be any. But uh, because confidence is infectious. You know, it, it can ripple through an entire locker room. And sometimes it just takes a statement like that to kind of get guys refocused or maybe even more relaxed. Aaron, speaking of that confidence, going back to what I'd asked you earlier before about coming in to follow Favre, I mean, isn't that something that served you so well? You talk about that confidence factor, believing in yourself, going in there um, as a successor to Brett Favre and saying, listen, I, I can do it, uh, and, and basically telling your teammates, listen, I can do this. This is not too big for me. And you were successful. And, and, and as I said, that's an awfully tough position to put anyone in like following Lou Gehrig at first base, but you did it, and you did it successfully. But as you said, the confidence must be a, a huge factor there and, and served you well in that position. Without a doubt. And, you know, confidence doesn't, doesn't just come all within. You know, I got a lot of confidence from my teammates because they saw me practice for three years. They saw me in the preseason, and they knew that, uh, that I had some ability. Uh, and they, you know, were great in letting me know they had my back and they believed in me. And as a leader and as a young player as well in a leadership position, knowing that, uh, you know, Charles Woodson and Al Harris uh, and, and A.J. Hawk and Donald Driver and these guys believe you can get the job done is a big, uh, is a big help uh, because I've never lacked confidence in my abilities, but your confidence can go to a different level when you have the veteran uh, veteran backing from a Mark Tauscher and a Chad Clifton and a Scotty Wells uh, who, you know, are, are important guys in your world. Those guys protecting you, guys make a place for you. And they really believed in me and, and helped me to have even more confidence that, uh, you know, that I belonged in the league. Because everybody, every young player has that moment where, you know, they have to, to face down that, uh, that question. You know, do I belong here? Can I play here? And it really helps when you got guys like that and veteran players who uh, have your back and believe in you. Aaron, you've, um, speaking of belief, you've mastered the art of the Hail Mary. You've hit them against the Lions, Giants, and Cardinals. So what's the secret to completing a prayer? <laughs> you gotta, you got to be clean living. you gotta, you got to live a really clean life. <laughs> so <laughs> so what's your secret? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I don't, I don't know. I'm falling to that one. But, uh, but no, I think it's we have practiced it before, and I think I throw it pretty good. I mean, people throw Hail Mary, Mary's, and uh, 
every now and then catch them. We've had pretty good success, but the angle kind of which that ball's dropping uh, in uh, all three of those is a little different than some of the home areas that you see across the league that are a little flatter. So I think the height definitely helps. And then uh, sometimes you just have to have in two of the three, you have to have some people misjudge that ball. You look at the Lions one, you know, the guys uh, kind of misjudged that ball. That ball came kind of right down the chimney, as we say, uh, straight down. Same thing with the, uh, the one against the Giants in the playoffs last year. You know, it's just it's up there so high, it's really hard to gauge for the receivers where it's going to be. For me, and really, in, in two of the three, the, the Arizona one is just a reaction, run and left, and just trying to get it up in the air when, and as far as possible. The Lions one and the Giants one, I know where that ball is coming down. You know, I knew the Lions, you know, the first four yards of the end zone, and the Giants one was, was the back four, just based on, you know, a feel you know, and throwing those before in practice. Just kind of knowing your arm strength, so uh, you know, just trusting that uh, something's going to happen. But you know, you have to have a little bit of good fortune. Uh, guys misjudging when that ball's going to come off. Hey, Aaron, we've had good fortune talking to you. Thanks so much for the time, and uh, best of luck with the season. And we'll see you in Canton one of these summers. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Aaron. Ron, we all know Tom Brady is the measuring stick for quarterbacks. How does Aaron Rodgers stack up? Well, I think when he just man to man, I'd say he's he's right there with him. You know, he doesn't have the same jewelry collection. Well, look, he can make all the throws, obviously. Uh, he's a great leader. He doesn't get uh, panicked about anything, including coming on our show. So it, it just certainly seems to me that, uh, uh, you know, they're 1-1A, they're one one uh, you know, with one exception. you got to win. you got to get to the big game to win it. Next up, the two-minute drill. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Hey, this is Kyle Shanahan, head coach of the San Francisco 49ers, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. 